Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! This computer, I'll have S-words for 500. <laughs> no, it's swords. It's swords for once. <laughs> you know. Anyone uh, love a bit of sketch comedy <laughs> from the past? I do. <laughs> sure. Oh, dear. <laughs> I know you're talking about. Good. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Spoil Film Film Conversation. Hooray! Hooray! Hey. Uh, I am Richard. With me to chat films is Anthony. Hello. And Abby. Hello. And who's that pinned to a tree all dead? Oh, it's Jamie. Oh, maybe he'll survive. Maybe next time. But for now, he is silenced. <laughs> Don't speak, it'll just hurt you. Um, yes, just the three of us guys again. Uh, one for each sword. And um, we haven't got any hidden swords that up our sleeve, have we? Never mind. Uh, yeah, three, three people chatting about a three-bladed sword. And the film The Sword and the Sorcerer, which I selected for us. Uh, but Anthony will give the details because, you know, I could talk too much sometimes. Okay, then. Um, so, The Sword and the Sorcerer uh, was released in 1982. Uh, it's a fantasy film, and it's about a um, a young prince um, come who turns into a mercenary uh, who is kind of out for revenge and to reclaim his kingdom, sort of, <laughs> uh, after it's, it's taken over by a neighbouring king. Uh, using a sorcerer that he makes out of mud, I don't know, um, and all the other fantasy trappings that go with that. You could have just said it's some fantasy bullshit. Loud of the cover, I, I could have. But yeah, you try it. You try to wrestle the plot to the ground, and I respect that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it was written and directed by Albert Payen. Also written by Tom Kamowski and John V. Stuckmeyer, and it stars Lee Holsey, Kathleen Bella, Simon McCorkindale, George Maharis, and Richard Lynch. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, so The Sword the Sorcerer, uh, though it came out all that time ago, it was fairly new to me. I was watching a bunch of fantasy movies of this kind, just kind of cherry-picking stuff I haven't seen or, or maybe fancied. And uh, I think, Abby, you and I sat down and picked this one out off of the, the depths of Amazon, not the Well, not yeah, the you, you searched for sword and sorcery as a genre and then found out that there was a film of that exact title. Ah, makes sense. It's on the nose, but it works. I knew that uh, Dungeons & Dragons, which could have been equally... Uh, a search term would have got that shit Tom Hanks thing, which I wasn't interested in. Um, but anyway, we popped this on as a kind of speculative. It'll probably be crap, but that might be a laugh. And then it, it was crap, but it was also sort a of good. A laugh, yeah. It was um, it's what you want from a dopey, cheap, cheap-ish swords and well, sorcery movie. And uh, it's because it made us laugh and it had some nice creative ideas. Uh, it sort of made up for the terrible acting and terrible wigs. And um, I don't know, it was some bits were directed well, I felt, but uh, it felt 
the action was kind of a bit lacking more. And I don't know, this this has problems, but it, it did entertain us on a genuine level. Hmm. And so I was like, we could share this and have a little get to get to grips with it, see if other people are in, into it. Um, so that was it was that simple. Uh, so you know, had you heard of this before, Anthony? I'd come across it because I'm pretty sure I've put up plenty of um, 80s weird fantasy stuff um, before for the podcast. And I'm pretty sure like this has come up at some point. I've never seen it before, but I, I'm aware. I was aware of the name. Um, I was looking forward to this because I do enjoy a good old 80s lower budget, which they, well, they usually were, fantasy films, because they're usually terrible, but they're usually very entertaining. It had some quite nasty practical effects, which is usually up your street as well. It did. That was something I was going to mention, yes. It definitely fits in line with your kind of, not quite as good as something like Conan the Barbarian, but, you know, Krull... Beastmaster, that sort of thing, isn't it? It was made by... I'd, uh, I'd say that's a slightly upper echelon to what I'm talking about. Oh, you like a... Well, we did. what was that one we did a little while back that was dog piss? Like, like Pat Cannon, we barely could be asked to make this movie. What oh, was that? we had the word wizard in it. Wizards of the Lost Kingdom. There you go. <laughs> that's what it was called. Yeah. No, we did that. And Beastmaster, I want to say. <laughs> no, yes. no, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And both um, of them were terrible and brilliant in their own ways. Yeah, so it's not unfamiliar territory for us. Oh, not at all. Hmm. So g- generally up for it, expectations yeah. probably in the right place. Uh, and Abby, what did you... I mean, I said we watched it at the same time, so you couldn't have got much of I haven't a... really heard of it in any way that was helpful before then. No. I mean, have you seen that? You've seen the John Claude Van Damme movie Cyborg, which was made by this director. I have. It was okay. Yeah, but some of the other stuff the guy made is more sci-fi, less fantasy, and it's your usual sort of uh, you know over-the-top martial arts uh, nonsense. Um, yeah, so the sword and the sorcerer wasn't anything I'd come across unheard of. So there was none, no preconceptions, that's all. Um, there was no nostalgia feeling any like of this. It was purely like, oh, this is all right. That was the thing. So the thing that put it over the edge for me, for oh, this this I like, was the sword, the titular sword in the Sword and the Sorcerer. is quite the weapon. Um it is wielded. It's like the story is a bit convoluted, but the you know the sword itself is simple enough. Uh, oh, I don't know. Should we talk about the sword, or should we talk about some of the premise and set? Yeah, don't talk about the sword. Talk about the sword. So it's your kind of Wolverine claw type sword. I mean, they're all all the blades in this are thick as fuck prop swords that couldn't stab through butter. <laughs> this sort of thing. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's a massive three-bladed sword, which I've never heard of, because it, that is insane. It, it is insane, from, yes. Somewhat impractical, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, weight, the practicality of what you'd use it for. Um, you know, maybe you can catch another sword in it and, and, and like snap it really easy, but <laughs> you'd be hard-pressed to not see this three-pronged sword coming in a fight. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's it's got a kind of imbued with uh, legendary status vibes to it. 
and a, a few extra functions which get unveiled as the film goes on um, beyond three blades. <laughs> um, we'll come back to it. We won't spoil all the things the sword does. Well, I mean, there's only one more thing. <laughs> no, no. All right, we will spoil it because I felt like th- there's like a three things I was like, oh, we've upped the ante here with this weapon. So it's it's wielded by uh, the protagonist, and um, it can shoot off the spare blades, which is a which is like a thing a like a children's action toy would do. Yeah. Like an action, you can imagine an action figure from Conan having that function. You press the back of his uh, lower back or something, and it shoots off. You know that'd be badass, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Well, I think that, yeah. <laughs> and then we see it in action in the film. It's a little hokey, I will say. <laughs> What was your reaction to when the when the one of the blades shot off, Anthony? Um, pure laughter. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just the, the the whole revealing of the sword was just was just hilarious. If I'm being honest, yeah. It's like first of all, it's just like that is ridiculous, and then yeah. it starts shooting people, and is like that is wonderful. It kind of becomes more practical as you go on because you start losing the weight and the precariousness. Abby, uh, I know you were laughing like I was when they revealed the sword to us. <laughs> any, any I other... think I didn't laugh straight away. I had that pause of okay, tell me more. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then it told you more. It told me more and it it made less sense as it went along. It's like the more I know, the less I understand. It's the kind of sword where when someone's wielding it, you want to be one of the guys watching and high-fiving your mates, being like, yeah, do you see that shit? He's pinned to a tree. <laughs> um, but yeah, the sword, the two blades either side, the middle one, shoot off as projectiles. Pretty badass. You then, I guess, at some point, send a surf to go collect them from the corpses or whatever rock they're jutting out of or tree. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think I can't remember. I don't think he gets a chance to like reload the sword. It's sort of a big kerfuffle and rush when he when the protagonist has to use it. Um, I think it wisely did did it off screen. <laughs> yeah, I think we're avoiding that for scrupulous dickheads like me coming along, going, "Hang on." <laughs> I don't think that makes sense. And you go, "Well, there's a man who emerges out of goop. It doesn't matter." Anyway. The other thing that happened with the sword, uh, so it breaks at one point, right, in a big fight at the end, and then yeah. you're like, "Oh no, he's fighting with a you know a blunted fucked sword." Oh, yeah, but fuck me, is this sword got a trick up the sleeve? There's a hidden blade under the main sword. What he could keep <laughs> fighting with that, and then <laughs> he, he, you know, more fighting with the sword. Good stuff. Look at that. That was cool. We're on a fourth blade now, Christ. And then our man is apparently in Assassin's Creed because when you think he's down and out, he's got a fucking hidden blade in his wrist. Chasha! Shanks a cunt. (laughs) With the exception of the wrist blade, I could feel every sword maker on the globe sigh and then curse whenever that sword did something mad. Yeah, but then again, there must have been some. What are you? What are you? Uh, if you're a sword maker, what's the term for that? Like a metal worker, swordsmith, I guess. Swordsmith, more specifically, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I guess it must be a swordsmith, smithing up a sword all day. Um, 
you might be thinking, do you know what would be a fun project, a triple blade sword? <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I bet people who smith swords are really snobby about it, aren't they? And they might occasionally have the odd person who wants like a, a cool fucking dragon blade or something mad. But most of them got... have got to be tedious historian bell ends, haven't they? <laughs> this whole no thing has the Stanley touchy energy of, yes, but what if we could? But what if we could, yeah. And um, that's what I like about the film, is the sword <laughs> has three blades. Check it out, it has four. Check it out, the guy keeps the secret blades separate. <laughs> And, you know, the bad guy had little flicky-out knives on the end of his staff as well, so there was all sorts of shit going on with these weapons. And I think if you're going to put a weapon on the title of your film, this is what I want you to deliver. This sort of thing, this creativity. Get your Wolverine blade out to start killing. That Although said, the, both the sword and the sorcerer were very much bookends of this film, rather than being all the way through. I think they were they introduced the sorcerer, don't they? And at the end, they have him as a quite a fun reveal, which we'll probably talk about later. Yeah. When they bring the sorcerer back in, it's kind of like, well, we had to. We had another villain, but we he doesn't matter because the sorcerer has to come back because it's the title. Um, and it, it was all it was inevitable. I think the the sorcerer is dispatched early on, and you're like, this guy's coming back. <laughs> We've seen him come back at the start of the film from somewhere from hell or. Don't quite know how it works, so I feel like you know. Yes, it may. I don't think it was talking, if that's what you're suggesting, Anthony. Mm, no, not really. It, but it didn't. It wasn't like you know. It could have been the whole way through, definitely. And also that our protagonist with the sword isn't the main main. Right? He's the main guy, but like it kind. He's of, a bit gets a bit confused, doesn't it, as to who the story should be about. Hmm. Yeah, Plus, we, like, I guess, I guess it's. It it's trying to make you think like, well, maybe this isn't the prince guy from the beginning. It's like, well, it's obviously the prince guy from the beginning. We've seen films before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if maybe it'll become more illuminating as we if we discuss details and uh, contextualize what we're saying a bit more. So, so it opens on the bad guy's origin, right? Is that is that correct? Yes, pretty much. It sets up. Sets up that going on. I will say, the film piqued my interest very early with some of the stuff that was going on. Like not yeah. not only was like the the whole sword bit right at the beginning as well, but then you have this this bit which is the start of the film, which is like uh, some some guys like rowing a boat and then they go into a cave, and then uh, they have a witch and she's like casting spells, and then there's this, this tomb. And it's got all faces, and all the faces come alive. It's like uh, blood they put, dripping put, down and screaming. Did it put you in mind like it did me of uh, Return to Oz and all the sort of golems that work for the Gnome King and, the, and the, all the brickwork that comes alive? Oh, master. <laughs> Dorothy is back. Yeah, and all that shit. Oh, don't get mm, eggs what? in here. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> But yeah, so I thought I was, I, and it surprised me because it's like, wow, that's some imagery you've got there, some quite like dark and almost you know nightmarish horror imagery, which I wasn't expecting. So I was like, the, okay, the um, yeah, you you have my attention. The tomb with all the faces on, which are rocks initially and then come to life, had uh, the same energy as uh, 
that fucking rock face kid from Hunger Games, the, the, the first one, that's the only one I've seen. <laughs> like, but it's just the, like, what is that about? That looks, that looks dumb as fuck. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but it is like, oh, this is, like, it's for, like, 12-year-olds, this is cool. It's like, oh, this is really atmospheric, right? That, like, even though it's 80s-ish, like, it feels, oh, okay, you're, you're, you're setting up a macabre, cool vibe, cool, in quotation marks. So you were you were in the right right frame of mind, Anthony. You were impressed with witches and uh, bargains with demons and stuff. Indeed, I, I liked. I I enjoyed the whole prologue of this. I think it's a pretty cool image as well. So a witch, there's like a black. Uh, I don't know if she's bald or has scraggly bits of hair, but she's um. There's a there's a there's a black witch lady who's being forced to resurrect some sort of monster demon guy. From a tomb full of like rock faces that come to life and are kind of ooh spooky, and there's like a red goop. It looks I don't know what it is, but it looks like red goop. And then it like the guy's face emerges from it, and then he kind of sits up like "Don't wake Dad." The board game, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and then the extra bit of like weird is he gets this witch who summoned him. To like lick his hand clean or something. He's got like his really long weird fingers. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, that was... she, so she's That's fucking gross. She's just like <laughs> supping on his fingers like a cat while he has a com he's like, Who are you, dickhead? Like to the um uh, I guess uh ba- the main bad guy, what's his name? Cromwell. Cromwell. Like Oliver Cromwell. Yeah, that's the I was gonna talk about that because it's the only name that I recognised as like a famous name. Yeah, they've all got silly like, fantasy oh. names, like like um, you know, Tort, Quack, or Quib, or something. I can't remember their names. <laughs> Mika, that Mika's one of them, isn't it? Mika and Tarquin. Yeah, and Mika. The main guy was Prince Talon. Talon. That's. I mean, at least that's a thing. But like, sounds sort of sparks, uh, spiky, and mean. But yeah, sorry, Cromwell Abbey, Lord Protector of England. Yes. So anyway, yeah, he's getting a uh, magic man because he needs help with the war. Terrible decision on his part. Well, um, he's desperate, isn't he? Because he keeps I keep losing the battles. I want to win. So yeah, he gets him out of the goo. His um, his second in command's all. We don't know if you can help us, wizard. Why should we give you anything? <laughs> So then he kills the witch for no reason. It really fucked up as well because you go if anyone if if like cheek if like this supposed king uh, has a henchman who's a bit lippy, you don't kill the witch who summoned you. You kill that prick. But he, he absolutely does this demon guy because you're like you. I don't. We don't even know if we if you're any good. We summoned you. You're you'd be shit at helping us defeat an army. Wink, nudge. <laughs> And he's like, fuck it, I'll take that bit. I'll show you, dickhead. I'll fucking beat people up with my powers. Even if that's a tactic I use in my day-to-day life, if I'd just just seen that guy emerge from a sarcophagus full of goo in the way that I had just seen, I would not use that tactic. <laughs> I, no, I'd be like, oh, what are you going to do? Force push me and rip my heart out with telepathy? Oh, shit, you are? Cool. Ooh, that's fine. I never thought I'd die in such a cool way. 
But he, he doesn't. It's the witch. She doesn't deserve it. She's sapping him gently <laughs> clean. And she gets killed. <laughs> and then I guess he holds up. I guess it's the heart. It kind of just looks like a like a squishy Some general of, awful. Some general like but the kind that a soul like do you know, like those squishy toys that children get that are like ooh, look how creepy that is? Like you, like things you just play with in your hand and squash and they kind of goop out they go goop out of shape. It felt like it was one of those sorts of things. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's because we saw some in, in a in a shop the other day. And we were like, "Oh, please, <laughs> a squishy animal!" Or imagine they made just awful for children to play with. Just squishy <laughs> awful. have. <laughs> it's always like aliens and eggs and fucking goop monsters, isn't it, for kids? Or or now just slime. Fuck it, we're not even going to dress it up as something like a goblin. Just play with slime to kids and film it and upload it to millions of views on YouTube and TikTok. It's fine. Sorry, getting distracted here. I just think children today will settle for anything, and entertainment when I was a child was disgusting. Would would appall your mum? That was that was the main thing. It was one of the objectives, in fact. Where it's yeah. like, oh, you hate it, great. Mum, what do you want? For, what, do you want a nice toy? I want a goblet that comes out of a toxic waste tub and gets slime everywhere and gets covered in lint and gets disgusting within days. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dog eats it a bit and then it like, comes out in its shit in the most vile thing you've ever seen and springs <laughs> back into his ass and rubs it on the carpet and then your dad's slippers are ruined with goblin goop junk. Oh, that's what <laughs> toys are. <laughs> That was very specific, Rich. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Unnecessarily so. Definitely wasn't pulled for real life. It wasn't pulled for real life. I didn't have many <laughs> I didn't have many goopy slime toys. And that's that that's my alibi when people accuse me of ruining a cafe in nineteen ninety two, right? We I didn't have any. The dog couldn't have eaten <laughs> if I didn't have any mum, could it? I didn't buy some with the pocket money from grandma down the market and then the dog eat it and and ruin the carpet with a miscellaneous. It was not play doh either, okay? Get off my case. I didn't do this. Someone else is responsible for purple marks because I didn't have access to toys or objects that could do that. Good girl candy have a treat. That was the name of my dog. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I I didn't think a tangent that weird could ever come up, but there it was. He's well rested. What can I say? <laughs> See you in court, man. See you in court. <laughs> didn't happen. So fun stuff. <laughs> what was the name of this monster prick? And is he like a um, demon of Satan? He's a bit shout. shout he's a bit like Mortal Kombat-y. You know, I think vibes wise. Zusha. Oh god, what a name. Zusha. Yeah. Good good name. What do we make of Zusha, guys? As a villain, as you've mentioned, Anthony, he isn't in it that much. So he gets fucked off a cliff. <laughs> 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 He's not in it. I, I I you know, I'll admit that his introduction was suitably gross and intimidating. I was like, okay. Okay, I'm going with this, but then, <laughs> but then, like the next scene, it's like, and and they won many battles, and off camera, uh, the, yeah, and then the king is gonna like kill him, and he just kind of like waddles down a hill in like a tunic, and it looked really off and weird. He waddles down the hill like I'm out of breath, but it felt like Mike Myers acting like. <laughs> 
oh, I'm so tired. Like, my goodness. What what do you want? I need to rest after a big epic battle that would have been cool because he had something like telepathy powers or whatever. I think it's a it's a very delicate balance with something that's that he's got so much prosthetic and there's other effects involved. You want to only show it a little bit so that it has mystique, but they didn't quite show it enough so that you actually knew what he could do. Well, you yeah. want to show it if you've got a budget <laughs> to entertain yeah. people. But you're right. I mean, the prosthetics-wise, let's stick a Doctor Doom cloak on him. <laughs> He's emerged from goo. <laughs> He's towels out, great, I guess. Because, you know, it's dark light, a bit of red light going on, and he's covered in goo, so he's obscured anyway. That works, yeah. like Abby was saying. But then the next scene, just full daylight. <laughs> Some mask. Awkward tunic, waddle yeah. down the hill. <laughs> I am knocking it, but I'm not knocking it, because that made it entertaining in a different way, which I was still on board with. Yeah, the comedy works. When you're not like surprised with the quality of it, you're like, oh, I'm surprised with the quality of it the other way, and it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you sort of got flipped between being impressed and amused. It's the thing. It very much worked to their favour that, that it was tongue-in-cheek. Otherwise, yeah. it would have been quite painful. So Cromwell, like, I don't know if he does like an aside to one of his uh, henchmen, but he's basically like... This guy's pretty fucking powerful. Let's off him now, because the thing is, I, I as a villain, as a villain himself, he's like, if I was this demon guy, I'd be, I'd be fucking betraying me. <laughs> so let's cut him off while he's power, while he's weak from battle. We'll get rid of this cunt. Then I'm in charge. Classic backstab. And maybe he front stabs him, but he's very much like, come here. So, what you want? Look, stabbed. See ya! And then there's quite a good stunt where the guy goes off, jumps off a cliff, I guess. He fought <laughs> for a lot longer than we usually get to see. Yeah, but we don't see the landing. They, they cut away and they kind of, look, we only filmed the crash mat, so you don't want to see that, do you? But um, you go, oh, that guy's gone now? <laughs> he didn't. You'd think the guy who summoned him would be, like, defeated by him, the sorcerer. That you know, and then it would be the sorcerer would take the kingdom and be an evil villain. But no, for now, no. And it's uh, Cromwell who, you know, is on the hunt for the king and his family now, isn't it? Like that's the thing. He's taken all the kingdoms or the kingdom, I guess. He's defeated the armies, and then the noble, uh, mustacheless but bearded king. Oh, that, Richard, that beard, King Richard. Yeah, mm. just a squirrel on his chin. Oh. There's a lot of terrible <laughs> hair and wigs and beards, but uh, oh, it's hard to look at him, isn't it? At the same time, a lot of it is actually of the period as well, and you're like, why did we ever do this as a society? <laughs> of the period of fake magic times, in, I guess medieval you mean? Yes, yes I do. Sure. I mean, it feels appropriately bad looking, yeah. And there's normal looking blonde middle-aged wife, right? I mean, there's an older king, and his wife is of age appropriate, I guess. So this king, uh, he's got your classic wife and uh, you know household and uh, people who they mostly seem to be wearing blue. Uh, he's got a son. What's the son look about? Twelve, maybe. Pretty, pretty young, yeah. And he's uh, got long, douchey hair with terrible, like a terrible fringe. Um, and his mum's your classic. Uh, 
hatted, blonde-haired, blonde-haired, is that the word? Blonde-haired uh, wife, uh, you know, damsel blonde in distress. Blonde-haired. Blonde-haired. But, yeah, but she has one of those hats that you tie around your head, like a princess from every princess thing ever. She wear, you know, I feel like she's wearing a cone hat, right? Yeah. She's that cliched. <laughs> the, in fairness, loads of princesses don't have that hat. They have like a tiara or something tasteful. But I feel like the medieval cone hat princess, it, it, it's a classic, but it's also unsung in a way, isn't it? But she's a queen. That's the thing. Anyway, they, they're, they're in peril. Uh, and the, the young lad is expected to nut up because his father is about to be offed by uh, Cromwell and his men. And, and, and his brother, like, is brought in dying. Yes, his elder brother um, is like, oh no, baddies. <laughs> or oh, whatever, paraphrasing. My eye hurts. <laughs> oh yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah, he not only was injured, but was like turning into a disgusting mutant, it looked like. Yeah. Fuck. Again, up in... Actually, this is a point worth bringing up, right? The the vibe of this and the execution is that of this is entertainment for older kids. Uh, it's kind of you know swords and adventure. Uh, the tone of it is is playful and it's kind of comic booky, a bit like Conan. So at best, it's for like twelve to fifteen year olds, and it's clearly like you know it's full of boobs and and murder and and, and like fake derpy looking gore. So they've kind of aged it up for an audience that should be too mature for this, right? Like, 18-year-olds should be looking at this laughing, like we were, not that we're 18, but, I mean, adults are like, mm. but children but this would be entertained. Kind, this is the kind of film that you sneak into the movie theatre for. We're still in that era, remember, where it's like, they've heard that there's boobs in this, so they're going to sneak in and watch it. Yeah, if you've got a thing with a triple swords that fly off like gun, like a fucking projectile swords and uh, harems of wobbly boobed women and like you know blokes getting laid and like it's and mutants and sorcery and all that shit, you you fucking fourteen, you want to go buy a sword and you know spend the rest of the afternoon trying to get your boner to go down, and you like really <laughs> like. This is not really for adults. It would work perfectly for children, and yet, paradoxically, it isn't for them, is it? Do you guys agree? Like, this is perfect for a thirteen-year-old, but not it. You know, technically, they're barred. It can't be sold to a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, we're in the we're in the like GTA remit of well, it's not for children, but children would fucking love their love the fuck out of it. Just, That's um, a fair point, though. It's, it's kind of switched from movies that can do that to video games that can do that. Yeah. I just It seems odd to me. Like, what, it's so simple to just pop bikinis on uh, the the harem of topless women and maybe dial... Because it's so hokey, you know, so there's not blood in it. You can have, like, a cutaway... Uh, have some gruesome. Have some push the envelope. Go to right to the edge of what's allowed for twelve year olds. Uh, you know, but it's just make it more fun and less uh, graphic. And you're you're onto a winner, I guess, because it's made by adult nerds who've always wanted to do playful action movie bullshit with loads of gruesome uh, 
visual effects, right? They want to have fun now. They're adult and allowed to and are in charge of things. And damn it, they're going to make some gruesome, cool stuff. That is essentially the paradox of it, I suppose. Yeah, so... You know, marketing-wise, smooth off the edges if I was a producer. And then, uh, you know, if I'm uh, a mum, a concerned parent, I'm like, grow up. Adult <laughs> men making these silly monster movies full of garbage, rot your brain. <laughs> grow up. Get a, get a real job not making prosthetics of heads that split apart and gruesome <laughs> injuries. Disgusting. <laughs> I'd say that that was one of my favorite things was all the unexpectedly gruesome, gory stuff that happened, though. Yeah, because you are a delinquent who (laughs) could be easily entertained. So I also suggest Jamie wanted to watch it as well. In fairness, just was a bit busy, and uh, I thought he'd enjoy the fact that it has this uh, B-boy horror stuff. Anyway, a man. What's our what's our dude? The kid in blue who escapes after fighting people. He f- uses the triple sword and uh, escapes, having you know defended himself enough. What was Talon. Talon. That's Talon, and um, it's because we we jump into the future a bit, and there's a guy called Micah, right? Is that is that's another person? Is that the is that the the kind of other, or is it, am I right though? Is, it, is that the other sort of? Protagonist? Yeah, like it's a little confusing, but like uh, you know, when the time jump happens, there is like another guy in play called Micah, and I'm not quite sure why, but like he's like leading the rebels, and they think that he's the rightful king. Or, but they or... say that he's. Um... He was aligned with the king before, but we don't get any sense of that. And I would also speculate he is too young. Yeah, and anyone who understands how royalty works, its bloodline doesn't go by who you elect as the head of the rebels. Either you are the head of a group of people who forcefully take power and therefore declare a king, or if a king has been taken off the throne or killed, and, and you've got a usurper in place, and you want to defeat them, it has to be bloodline. You have to find the closest uh, male heir, or sometimes female, if depending on what era you're in, I guess. I am, so I'm, reading, you know... I'm reading the plot on Wikipedia, and apparently Micah was the son of King Richard's closest advisor, so that's why they think he's the most suited to the throne. Again, um, I, would, I would... If I was a fake medieval... Uh, <laughs> person, I guess I'd be going, hang on. That, no, no, no. The advisor is not in line to the throne. It's not politics like that. It is politics, but it's also, that's, anyway, don't I'm sure there must be cases in history of you know, advisors, sons, what doesn't matter. The point is, he's the rebel leader. He's yeah. age similar to Talon, and is a sort of uh, swerve, isn't he? Because they, we cut to several years later, I don't know, what's it been, like 10 years or something? Uh, 12 years. Well, actually, they say 12 years since Cromwell took the throne, but the the sorcerer says it's been eight years since he was wounded. So I'm a little confused about that. Yeah. I mean, that does happen a lot, plot-wise, during the middle. (laughs) There's a lot of being confused. 
the point is, we go to the from a child actor who's barely in it as uh, the prince to uh, a guy who isn't trying to be the prince. Uh, well, it's, this it's it's as simple as uh, Micah is the rebel leader who is looking to be king and take down the bad guys. Who I guess the bad guy. Cromwell is well, your classic. He's a dickhead about it. He's not one of these nice kings, benevolent. Because they've had however many years of peace under King Richard, but now that he's dead, um, we want to go back to something better. We want to go back to that sort of thing. Anyway, so he wants to be king, but meanwhile, Talon has been off because uh, he's wanted. You know, is is a wanted man. He he's been living in exile. And has become a mercenary. He's kind of a bit, a bit of a criminal of all trades, adventurer. He's like they list off like he's been like a pirate and uh, you know all sorts. He's done he's, he's done heaps of stuff that would make you a kind of I don't know a fucking bear grills figure or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right simile. Who who is he most like? Cocky adventurer. Yeah, it's just that's just the word for it. The whole thing about this era is that there aren't that many. Yeah, rogue. He's a rogue, yes. And he's because he's got a band of men. They're kind of merry, a bit horny, but they're up for it. Battle and yeah, I think you said Anthony, uh, mercenaries, right? He's become a mercenary, a kind of blade for hire, three blades for hire, potentially. Five blades. Um, so, yeah, so 8, 10, 12 years later, he like, <laughs> stumbles back into the kingdom. Well, I can't remember what it's called. The kingdom of who gives a shit, right? He says he's got unfinished business, but I don't think he cares that much. <laughs> he's, he's got a bar tab he wants to pay and a prostitute he wants to visit, presumably. He's not yeah, interested he's... in, like, the political part of it. He's interested in revenge for his dad. I, su- I suppose, yeah. But he's yeah. not interested in being king at all. Yeah. It's an, it's an odd spanner in the works, really, because it's, like, we could do with some focus. But, okay, we've got two guys who are going to defeat the bad guy, King Cromwell, and they're both heroes of sorts, <laughs> and they both have fit, fit the same description. So, you know, we're in trouble, really. Um <clears throat> but you know, long story short, Micah has a sister, and they are they plotting uh, the to take over. They're, they're like plotting things to take over the kingdom, take the kingdom back. Right? They're yes. in tavern, like a tavern. They, you know, they're part of the resistance. And then, uh, yeah, the uh, energy between those two was weird. Well, like a. Porn or something, which means the energy is weird. You, I don't know. You... Just the way that I don't know the hugging and stuff. It was weird. Um. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't pick on it, pick if up. There on was it, a vibe. There's definitely a vibe. You're right. Yeah. There's a vibe. It was slightly unsettling. And somehow she was a princess. Oh. Fast and loose with all these terms, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, Although I did, they... I did, I did get a laugh because, like, when when they come into town, they go into the tavern, and the the barkeep's just like, "Oh, you're mercenaries. Do you know who needs mercenaries? The rebels. They're going to attack the castle later." It's like you probably shouldn't be shouting yeah. that loud. <laughs> <clears throat> all yeah. the other patrons are like, "Oh, these fuckers." 
classic patrons. Oh yeah, they did have the the funny drunk guy at the bar as well. Yeah. So, can you guys uh, colour in the picture for me a bit? Aside, I was cooking during this bit, so I don't remember it very well. <laughs> I watched it the first time, but I actually can't piece together. I don't want to start saying the chain of events. I found what the bartender said really helpful. Actually, just quickly summarise the political the political landscape of the area. And situated us nicely. Whilst in the background, you've got um, Micah doing some shady deals, and then he meets up with Cromwell's advisor, who seems to be plotting with the rebels to take him down. Mm. Yeah, he's at least portraying himself as a backstabbing bastard. I was just going to say, he could stab him with those cheekbones. They were incredible. <laughs> Fair play. There's a few fit blocks in this there, Abby. <laughs> We're still in the era of people that's a little bit funny looking. Sure. I'm okay with that. I don't like the era of everyone's beautiful. I much prefer it when people were funny looking. I agree. Pop some daft wigs and moustaches and everyone. Go to town, make a, f- a fantasy movie. Um, I mean, the, the guy they cast as the villain Cromwell. Yeah. Props to them for finding the guy with the most punchable face. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Richard Lynch. It's <laughs> a bit harsh. <laughs> I believe, I'm sure that was all acting. I believe he was in the ninth configuration. JB would be pleased to know. Oh. He was here. Uh, also, uh, a man who played Micah is in a couple of Tarantino films. His name is Lee Horsley, and he is a small parts in Django Unchained. And uh, I believe he's like one of the people who rocks up to the main location in Hateful Eight. And uh, well, I won't spoil that, but he's not in it much. <laughs> he's a he drives a, a horse and cart or whatever they're called stagecoach. There we go. In that, <laughs> he's a chiseled bastard though. In this, he's fucking young <laughs> and bustly, you know. Um. So what? What does someone get kidnapped? The 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 supposed princess get kidnapped or something? It, well, uh, it's, no. It's, it's no. There's a few. There's a sort of like nested few events that occur. She's kidnapped. Then she's almost raped. Then she gets saved by him. Then she's kidnapped again. The attempted rape scene has the first of her nut attacks. What, atta- <laughs> what attacks? She she kicks. Oh, nut attacks! Pi- yeah, nut attacks. She sets up that she has the kind of uh, yeah the knee to the groin attack as her sort of default <laughs> escape route. She did it so many times. I started referring to her as the nutcracker in my notes. <laughs> well, it pays off. Doesn't it? They pay off when she when she's uh, caught by the sorcerer. She tries it, and he's like, i got a cup. I play cricket, and I can wear a cup to protect my knackers. <laughs> Unlucky. I just think it was a, the noise they chose in the foley, where it's just like a clonk. Like, <laughs> we suggest he's made of wood. What, what are we... What, what's happening down there? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a demon thing. They're like angels, I guess. <laughs> Fallen angels. Who knows? It's He's he's not he's not he's not prone to it. Maybe that's why he's so angry because he can't have sex because he's got no balls. 
Either that or they're wooden, which I imagine is very difficult to deal with. Wooden? Okay, let's, let's not worry about this. <laughs> All right, you can have a tangent. And no, no, well, I, I <laughs> oh, okay, let's have a wooden ball tangent, Abby. How does one get wooden balls? How does that benefit <laughs> you? Let's really, let's really dig deep and get into this as, your, as you know, law crafting. Well, I mean, they do say he, they've they've resurrected him from hell, so that could have been one of the punishments. Wooden balls, wooden balls. Hey, don't knock it in case you have to try it. Don't. If I have to try wooden balls, like a fucking <laughs> like someone in the Civil War has been injured, and they just go, "We replace everything with wood here." Bye. <laughs> <laughs> just aesthetically for for your wife, you know, to feel like she's getting the full package. Oh, as long as I get to, as long as I don't have a peg for a penis, I'm fine. Well, right. I suppose for me right now is that I have the song "Wooden Heart" stuck in my stuck wooden in my heart. head, but instead of wooden heart, it's wooden balls, and I don't want it. Okay, <laughs> well, consider me not knocking wooden balls, Abby. Okay, <laughs> and uh, accepting that the diva has wooden balls now, which is worth a tangent worth going down. Uh, before all this, though, this princess chick—I don't know—she um, has struck a deal. She, you know, she's been saved from a rape array, and then the guy doesn't decide to rape. Like he defeats smugly defeats the bad guys, and then doesn't decide to rape her himself. Oh, wait. Although, <laughs> it does feel like he's on the verge at some point. Well, that's why I say he decided not to, because he thought about it. Also, I don't want it to pass by without us saying, when he stumbled across that situation, he was eating an entire leg of beef. Oh, yeah. <laughs> holding it like you would a chicken leg, but a leg of beef. Yeah. Well, he's cool. He's, sometimes it's got Black Adder vibes, this thing. Or maybe uh, Ace Rimmer from Red Dwarf vibes about this guy as well. <laughs> FYI, this is uh, something I just found out looking at the cast list to try to remember names. Uh, Richard Moll, or something, I think that's how you say it, is the guy who plays the demon in this, is also in uh, Jingle All the Way. He's the Dementor in that. Huh. <laughs> so connect those two worlds. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, I feel like we're getting down too many tangents now. Uh, the point is, the bargain to save Micah, Micah is definitely in peril because, like, I think the guy leaves the leaves the tavern and then, then instantly some blokes break in and arrest people. Yep, and um, the, a bargain was struck anyway, and it was that if I save your brother, you'll have sex with me. Mm. Or is it defeat the king? I'm not sure. No, if you save save her brother. Yeah, and it was a very uncouth move, but she's kind of like fine, whatever. Well, um, it's obviously it's not the most popular move with me, but at the same time, they are in sort of the quote unquote medieval period, and that was kind of the only currency that women had. So, gosh. Um... This this film is a bit preoccupied with inferring you mean something about your penis as well. Like more than once, people are like, <laughs> "Innuendo," and by that, of course, I mean my willy. <laughs> it wears off after a while. What the willy? The willy calms down and goes flaccid. Yeah, but there's one. This guy, like fucking Talon, does one where his, his sword is like being innuendoed. And I did you say Abby that the table goes up when he re- refers oh, to yeah. it as well? <laughs> yes. 
My God. <laughs> Keep it sheathed, mate. Calm down. Uh, he's got three. Has he got three penises as well? With a hidden fourth penis, like some sort of fucked up mallard. <laughs> <laughs> or is it hedgehogs that have bifurcated penises? That's only two. This guy's fucking tripod. They never make it clear. We can only speculate, and I'm not sure we should. We've already gone down the wooden ball avenue already, so it's getting lewd. Yes. Anyway, that's the price. It's a bit Conan. It's a bit like you know. Sex as payment situation. But anyway, our anti-hero, who should have been the hero, is set on a quest to defeat Cromwell for his own sake, revenge, and also because he's now going to get laid, I guess. And he's a mercenary and God knows. And then also, uh, I guess Micah wants to battle back and he's being tortured is, is the main thread of his thing, isn't he, for a while. He's captured and tortured and he wants to break free and, you know, save the day as well. Oh yeah, because Cromwell has been like paranoid ever since uh, Jusha escaped from him that he, anyone could be him. So he's just determined to like weed out any plot that might involve him. Yes. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Heavy think... is the crown on that fucking <laughs> Gonk. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucked up uh, crown he wears at the end. The wedding day crown is like properly violently sharp. Uh, I'd love to see when we have the King Charles uh, coronation. I'd love fucking old Charlie to pop on a real fantasy, like <laughs> brutally, like magnificent sharp crown on. Because on a balcony over a crucifixion. Over like it should. I think because if you're gonna have crucifixions at weddings, I think the new thing is crucify some people uh, at uh, uh, at a coronation. Yeah, who would he pick? Is he going to turn babyface and like sacrifice his paedophile brother, or does he pay? Like, does he get back at some of the naysayers? Do you know what I mean? Some people who've said mm. his horse. It, sorry, I was gonna say said his horse looks like his wife. You know. His wife. <laughs> Someone like some paparazzi that have been particularly cruel and barbed, or journalists. What was do you reckon Charles is a vengeful, going to be a vengeful king when he was coronated, <laughs> or has been coronated? If this comes out too late for that, the that's same. okay, guys. Save whoa, 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 save your heads from the guillotine. Let's not, let's not, bla- let's not, not blaspheme. What's the word for when you ever got the royals? Treason. Let's not do any. Let's not commit treason. Let's put it aside. Back to our rich King Cromwell and his worries. Where were we? But we were at some point. There's a massive rat attack. How do we get to that? Oh God, yeah. Well, before before he he goes to free Micah, he's he's tasked with helping the rebels who were like holed up in a cave. Oh yeah, it's the whole um, yeah. How are you going to get out of this situation? I right, go on, Anthony. Tell us about it. Uh, so yeah, they're they're like holed up on a cave on the beach, and they're surrounded by the Red Dragon Army or something. Mm, some they all have like shit. All, yeah, they all have like this thing, this red dragon, which bursts into flames and lights up their arrows. That was amazing. Well, it, the props for the dragons look shit, but in principle, yeah. All cool. of all of the weapons in this were extremely imaginative. Not all of them you know, played well, but they tried some shit, and I'm okay with it. I'm glad Ooh. they did. 
they went for it design wise. It's just you know nothing looked plausible and real. It just looked fun, which again aim it, aim it for kids, then, isn't it? But yeah, there are these uh, dickheads are all going to murder some rebels, right? And they're doing uh, it with fuel yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they've like they've like laid oil all over the cave, so they intend to burn them all in there. But Talon shows up and sneakily douses them all in oil and sets them all alight. And then they have a massive pizza party from all the cooking oil that's on fire. Mmm, <laughs> so tasty. Ooh, clay-baked cave pizza <laughs> with added uh, corpses of your enemies. And then the and then the leb, and then the rebels lead Talon into the castle through the, the secret sewer tunnel that all castles have. Yeah, a bit like into the night with a big. Uh, we're going to get into this the guy's fancy mansion by going through the massive tunnel with the uh, easy to to knock down. Uh, what's the word? Gate or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's when the killer rat attack happens. Don't go in the I'm, sewers, guys. I'm mental, a rat attack. It's like, could they just come out of nowhere, completely unannounced? They're not goaded in any way, and all you see is them running, and he puts some fire on the ground. Why even bother? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think maybe up the fantasy level and have like a massive rat. That sometimes happens in like these sorts of things. Does it happen in uh happens in the Princess Bride. Princess Bride, right, a giant rat. I guess you're you got a sorcerer, that's the only thing that's a bit mad, I suppose. A witch witches are real and that and can do magic. Whatever. Rat attack. What do they get like do they get one guy or several people? Is it inferred there's more? Just the one like they had they have a, a little scene where the guy's kind of like hobbling and he's like, Go without me and they're like, No, we're taking you and then classic he, old man there. Yeah, and then he ends up being the guy eaten by rats. Gutted. Literally. What the, maybe he stole the wrong piece of cheese or something and they had a vendetta and they got him specifically. <laughs> yeah, we you know, classic dicking around in the sewers, sneaking up. Yeah, you know, we got costumes and disguise you know, hiding uh disguising yourself as guards, right? He's like uh training to be, I guess, a soldier or a prison guard or something. I always liked Talon a bit better when he was wearing a helmet so you couldn't see that unfortunate hair. <laughs> All the bad guys have really like stupid-looking helmets as well that look a bit try-hard and dopey. <laughs> like, oh, look, we're, we're toughies. Yeah, you look like you're from a fucking Yu-Gi-Oh card, mate. Chill out. <laughs> Although before he goes roaming around, like all the rebels are like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna stay here and guard the entrance." Yeah, like we're all we're all scared, even though we're the rebels, kind of thing. And then immediately captured. <laughs> they do a thing. His, um, his own guys later on are also immediately captured as well. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They do a bit of the um, right, like cause they, they his guys get like pulled off of women, basically. They're like, come on, stop having sex in tents and go go to the rescue. And they eventually, like, agree after a bit of an argument with this, uh, I think it's a blonde woman who's, who's, just, who's she's a, a blonde servant who was in the torture room and has now yeah, escaped. Yeah, she was, she was Cromwell's, like, mistress. <laughs> she's she secretly working for the rebels. And she commits to it fully because she fucking is absolutely shanked up. Uh, unwilling to talk and say who she's working for. 
Like by the guy from Star Crash, right? Our big uh, green guy from Star Crash um, is the prison bastard. <laughs> I did not I'm going to go with. There. I'm going to say warden for the sake of people understanding what we're talking about. Yeah, he's like just a bald loincloth wearing aggressive prison y uh, security guard or something. And he runs her through when she was like, she, you know, she, he's been cutting off the tongues of people who won't confess. But yeah, this this poor this poor woman has, has like convinced the inept side, uh, the I guess the the inept mercenaries that work for Alan to come, and they they jump cut to them all in prison arguing about whatever. Uh, so they're useless in in a, in a way. But there's lots of jokes like all of the other people helping are crap, really. Well, no, that that prison guy gets killed by Captain Morgan, the (laughs) the Jamaican sailor who throws in with them because he knows uh, Talon from just back in the day. Adventures. And he he kills that guy with his own sharpening stone. Brutal. Will you say something funny as well? Does he? I can't oh no! Someone that. else is saying how brutal it would be if, if it, how much it would hurt, and then he's like, "Ah, dickhead! I bet it would, it would hurt you with it, <laughs> or something." It was good. It was in the thing. It was worked. <laughs> so yeah, so Captain Morgan gets some points for proactivity. I would say. Yeah, I, I sort of I feel like the dungeon, uh, freeing people from torture, the costumes coming off and revealing who ah, it's me. I'm here and go free and you know. There's a big whole blob of like people being put in prison and escaping prison, and it yeah. feels like one big thing. It uh... it, it uh, my my brain tuned out from this bit. Like the, at some point, Talon disappears, and then it's just lots of people who you don't know being put in prison and escaping, and then all of a sudden, Talon is crucified, and like what? Yeah. What the hell did I just miss? <laughs> you're, sort of, you're watching it, and there's bants and characters. Like you say, there's so characters that I feel are a little underdeveloped. We don't, you know, I guess we we kind of need a prequel to The Sword and the Sorcerer where we see Talon's other adventures where we build up his band of merry dickheads. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, at least one of the women got to be a hero sacrificed for. Like, she died, but, like, that, that blonde woman, uh, you know, she was... Bold and willing to die for a cause, and did. But like, you, you haven't know. actually said that she committed suicide so that she couldn't be used as a pawn to try and get the other ones to oh, talk. Right. Yeah, it wasn't that she was. She was going to be have her tongue cut, and then she'd rather be. Oh no, she did uh, have her tongue cut. Yeah. No, I thought other people did. Oh, but she got. She killed herself, though. Abby's right. Anyway, I'm just trying to find some positives of strong female characters. That's all. Thank you. Try it. If you want to spot them when they're there, I'm going to look hard. Well, they don't get many opportunities to sort of look out for themselves because they're outnumbered a lot of the time, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But when they do get these opportunities, they do try. Because you've got your classic uh, sort of princess being forced into a marriage. Like Cromwell's like, right, I'm forced, sort of legitimizing something or other in my mind. Mostly, I don't, I have control yet. I need to marry the. Princess, who isn't the princess? Uh, oh, it's to um, shut down any further conflict. If he marries and impregnates her, then both lines have merged. Right. Hmm. Classic uh, king stuff. 
but it's also I'm gonna have a wedding and I've captured my the son of my enemy or my new enemy, and so I'm gonna have a lovely buffet with all of the uh, representatives from around the kingdoms. Crucifixion and a wedding, all in one, a nice, nice sideways one. We don't want to rip off Jesus literally. I mean, he's a Jesus figure, but we're going to put the cross, you know, like an X, <laughs> have him crucified as kind of a nice uh, centerpiece <laughs> for the, or not for the centerpiece, like background, <laughs> but a bit of a uh, bit of deco decoration, <laughs> decoupage or whatever for for a buffet for a, for a classic medieval feast. Uh, and is there also some plan? I forget who's planning. I don't know if it's rebels or the bad guys, but they're planning to everyone to jump out and uh, all the different guards are going to kill. Or it's going to be like a red wedding. They're going to massacre everyone at, at the wedding, right? Yeah, there was a whole different thing again because you know this doesn't have enough plot already. <laughs> where Cromwell was planning to kill off some of the other kings to usurp their land as well. So it's like a marriage of like power, but also I'm not doing that. I'm murdering them. It's a bit of a like. It's a lot. Yeah. And then there's also the plot of his advisor, which I'm not quite sure what it was. He's pretending because he was helping the rebels, and then he wasn't helping the rebels, and then he was helping the rebels. But then he he's was... also the sorcerer, right? Yeah. The sorcerer was basically helping both sides so that there was a winner which he would then usurp himself. So he's getting everyone else to do the work so that he could just pull the rug out at the key moment. Because, yeah, this... Uh, so, um, what was his name? Like, Snorlax or something? Zor, 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 Zor. <laughs> what was his name? Susha, I guess. He seemingly has been... He has followers, I guess. Other witches have found his not quite corpse or resurrected him, and he's like been off in a cave for a few years, uh, recovering. And then his plan to get revenge on uh, Cronwell is to uh, not to magically disguise himself as his uh, advisor, who is betraying him, or is is betraying him? Is he? I guess he's betraying him because. Uh, He's not who he's supposed to be, right? Like, he's not. It wasn't yes. that he was betraying. He's betraying him, anyway. him very slowly. So he's occasionally pops off and helps the princess escape, but then doesn't. It's a bit confusing because it all comes to a big head at the wedding, where um, some some blokes uh, from other kingdoms are are like, "Oh, do you recognise the guy in the crucifix?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, that's his name's Jesus Christ, and uh, you should become a Christian like I am." And then the guy's, no, 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 that's not Jesus. That's sideways, like an X. Um, that's uh, that's Talon, isn't it? That's Talon, a bit, as a bit older. Yeah, it's really well directed and shot, actually, that bit. Like that. Yes, there is an adage in cinema where you spend your money at the beginning and at the end because those are the two bits that people are going to remember. And they really did save a lot of stuff for this end part, and it worked in their favour. Yeah, because a lot of the time it's just, oh, uh, we have people on a spiral staircase or in a corridor bishing and bashing each other with swords or people knocking each other down. But then every now and again, it's like the filmmakers remember, oh, let's make it dramatic, like, well, you good use of mad lighting. So people will emerge from darkness and be lit up suddenly or there'll be a good use of silhouetting or... 
just to, uh, uh, like we have a when at the end we get like quite a ridiculous reveal of all the miserable the victors like the good guys have sort of won but they think they've lost their leader and they we pan across the the now uh the buffet covered in corpses and dead people with comical like limbs hanging sitting on people's knees and we go across all of the characters we've seen who are alive and dead and uh, we think it's quite artfully done and before the crown gets plonked on a chair and it's like, ha I am alive. Like, and it's like, oh, that's very, it's nice. This is a nice way to show it. You've got all your characters in interesting poses, if a little hokey at times. And so I feel like there is a there is a good director in here trying to make something dynamic and graphic. And then it's you go, a- you haven't choreographed this at all well, you know. He did some really interesting stuff with lighting as well. Like, I was, yeah. Where you going? I was going to say the clearly the lighting director on here was experienced and knew what he was doing. Yeah, just and it's bold because it's a fantasy. It's 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 a good excuse to use the big bolder colours, the reds and the purples and stuff, isn't it? You you want to have some impactful lighting. It doesn't have to adhere to like it doesn't need to be like dark, miserable, medieval lighting. It can be, you know, playful, isn't it? And and like you say, like good contrasts and stuff. Hmm. It's a shame that it's so shit in many parts because it's like, <laughs> you know, people are trying and the, the prosthetics are, you know, the wigs and stuff are bad, but like the practical effects on wounds are, you know, some care has been put into it. The, the goopy transformation is quite something. I think you, you talk about like the bookends are impactful, Abby. You've got to admit that the final flesh tearing bit is quite something as well after a man. Tears himself free. You know, we we'll talk about the the flesh ripping. But what happens is at the wedding, you know, you get the kind of uh, does anyone here like uh, have anything to stop this couple being married today? <laughs> Basically, and the guy on the crucifix, uh, talk, Talon, is like, "Oh, I must pull my limbs off of the crucifix," and he takes a good old bit of time to wrench his. Uh, Nail one arm free from the nails of the crucifix like an absolute man and uh gets himself free, but no one like decides to shoot him with an arrow while he's still pinned to it. Um, I think we have like an oddly timed uprising, is it? How does it make sense that he tears himself off the crucifix during the wedding? Well, because because like the other like kings and nobles who were at the wedding. Like recognized him, and then I, I suppose like his feet inspired them to rise up and make him the king again. Yeah, and I maybe there's some rebels hidden away, ready to pounce as well. Oh yeah, because they uh, they managed to escape the prison as well, didn't they? Yeah, it's all a bit. It's like a big cluster back at the end, but I think yes. it, it's a bit like okay, this'll do. I mean, action wise, okay, it's visually strong and exciting, but. Logic wise, like, how does this? This is can't they can't all of like Cromwell's guards easily take care? Oh, he's free from the crucifix. Shoot him! Just maybe not crucify him. Maybe just kill him if he's a danger. <laughs> Whatever. That's the classic well, they, problem. They don't necessarily want to stay under Cromwell's rule, do they? <sighs> well, I mean, they don't want to start questioning the motivation of all the guards, but the point the point is. It's a big, dramatic, good guys and bad guys fighting in a banquet, ruining the wedding just as she's about to... Con- she takes ages to not say I do. And and Cromwell really waits as well. He's like, 
So, are you gonna, gonna say <laughs> I do with this forced shotgun wedding? With your but she weird does veil? have to say it. But then, like, you know, he really is patient about it. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't like pull out like I don't know. I, it, for me, I'd get the I'd I'd like side eyeball one of your guards who's holding like one of her brothers and sisters hostage or something with a knife to their throat. Like you don't say it, they're gonna get killed. I'm like fine, but uh, whatever. Crucifix guy, uh, Talon uncrucifies himself, gets a little help off the cross, and I think you you rightfully pointed out, Abby, when watching it, uh, that he doesn't have any stigmatas or anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's only for one little bit of the sequence, but it's really fucking obvious, and it irritates me. Well, he's got to wield his massive triple sword, doesn't he? You can't have him have painful hands. They could have just tied him to the cross as well. Could have. We wouldn't weird. have. It part that sequence that was the most obvious bit, but when I thought about it afterwards as well, he was remarkably clean. There's spatters. a bit where he's like really bloody, really clean, Sweaty. really bloody again. Yeah, there's not a whole heap of continuity with this stuff. Mm. <laughs> I guess the quality isn't there where it needs to be. You know, uh, it's just sort of all action bollocks for the most part. There's a bit of uh, espionage going on with a betrayal of uh, Cornwall, and Cornwall is sort of running away like a classic villain and trying to steal the princess with him. Uh, letting his guards deal with uh, the heroes, uh, and then obviously, ha no backstab. It's uh, you know Talon's men are here now and um, helping him out and going and then getting him three. What happens? What happens to Micah in all this? Do you remember? He's just in the fray fighting. So he's not. He's just not the main focus because it's you know Talon's our kid who's grown up to be a mercenary type of thing. Yeah. And then there's a showdown because are they in like a they don't go to a crypt, it's just like a creepy underground place. A snake pit of sorts. Right? And it's like But it's, you say go, they fall, don't they? I don't know, do they? I think yeah, that's the bit where they fall down into the pit and it's all mist and snakes. Yeah, but like I think the idea is uh Conwell's henchman who is actually the sorcerer is sneaking her off for his own purposes. So he's going to rape her or marry her himself probably, I don't, we don't know. Um, but he's Bravo. like took her to one side. Does someone kill Cornwall? That must have happened before the sorcerer and uh, Talon fight, right? How does well, the uh... king what happens to that? Does Mike again or something? I don't know. The, 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 I think the sorcerer incapacitates him it looks like he's killed him, but then he he comes back a little bit later. Uh, does he die at the end? Who oh, Cromwell? Yes. Cromwell, yeah. I just can't remember. How... Yeah, he does. Yeah. Who kills it's him? It's because just get he gets a right. knee shot to the groin again. Oh, versus Cromwell and Zushka. Cromwell thinks he's killed Zushka, and then Cromwell fights. Talon, then Zushka comes back again and Talon kills Zushka for a second time. I think is how that goes. It's all, it's all very distracting because uh, we get the transformative flesh-tearing uh, reveal of uh, 
Zushka or whatever. So he, he, I don't know, like he flexes out of the skin. He sort of tears his own face and flesh away. So he's so split. Like he starts pulsating his, like the neck's bursting on this guy. And then his face is coming apart. He rips the flesh off. His hands are peeling because his fingers are longer inside. And he's, he's like, has a disgusting, bloody rebirth. <laughs> and he's like, hi, it's me. <laughs> It's old bloody egghead sorcerer Zeus, Zeuska, or whatever my fucking name is. Dickhead demon guy, I'm back. <laughs> and then he can have his little fight set, isn't it? I mean, what do you think of it, Anthony? Was this uh, one of the It was splendid... wonderful, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so grotesque. It, it was, it's not just that he burst out of the, the flesh. It's that when the advisor's head comes away. They then push out a load of really horrible-looking gunk and detritus, <laughs> and then Chuska's head comes out. And you're like, that was disgusting, what you just did. And then for some parts, the guy's skin is hanging off him like a fucking banana peel. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, his hands are like, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> that's good you would you fucking freak yeah and also like the, the the massive python that's been hanging about as uh sort of is i guess it's thinks it's a maybe it's a cobra it looks like a python a big fat python to be but i'm not i'm not a snake expert but it seems like it cobras up the princess uh so she's in peril while uh talon and uh this douche fight each other with swords for and staffs and all that shit I mean, I like the idea that both of them have weapons that keep getting broken and then become different weapons, but the execution was a little shoddy. Yeah, I think the best moment of the sword beyond its mad powers is the triple sword. Like, there's a bunch of guards with different swords fighting earlier on in the film, and the triple sword comes in and utterly annihilates all three blades of other people. And all the pieces go everyone and go, oh yeah, they're like that's what you want is it to break and shatter all other swords into pieces because it's this mega sword. Um But uh yeah, I mean in reality though, it's just like this huge clunky looking weapon that they you know, it's not I mean it's it's not the worst sword fight I've ever seen, but it isn't like anything too special beyond a few snazzy reveals and counters, you know? Yeah. Plus, they, they don't bring back the shooting of the blades. I think he... Does he do a thing where he shoots one blade off to because he's a, a hero? He has a second blade shoot into a rock and, like, lets us know it's a fair fight. Even he though I, I have secret other blades. <laughs> mm. It's very... But that's to show he's the good guy. What a waste. He should have got, like, some other guard. Like, there should have been, like, a, a backstabbing witch or something that could have got one in the face. <laughs> Um, whatever. Well, yeah, there's a couple of like rubber, like where well, there's a rubber hand pinned to a tree. There's a few dopey moments actually where people's faces are cleaved in, which uh, are sort of entertaining in the, in the wrong way. Anyway, what you what you fucking want? We've had the cool bit. They go uh, get to the end of the fight. Uh, I don't know. Does how does the snake get? Do they chop the snake up or is it just? Uh, they just chop his head off. Yeah, off snake again. All, almost not worth bothering. What you mean? Let her be choked out by a snake? 
I'll just don't put the snake there to begin with. She can just lie there unconscious. It's not a problem. Well, you've got to ha- it's cooler that way, I think. There's a bit of peril, and at least she has a reason not to be helping. She could cut. Co- they do the bit of the bit of in the fight. There's the form rocks spray painted and covered in moss to be hacking away at to have something to do. Oh, that was adorably shit. <laughs> what can you do? I don't know. How do how do you come up with a genius? You're not gonna. It's not gonna be John Wick, is it? In the eighties, I don't know. You can't, you can't be too critical of these things. The point is, the heroes uh, defeat the baddies uh, in a violent manner, and uh, like I said, there's that sweeping shot of all the victors who are disappointed that they're like a buffet of corpses, and they're all just sort of hanging out like, mm, oh well, they're not like fighting or deciding who should be king amongst themselves. They're just like. Do you win? It's if... got a sense of they're really fucking tired, and you would yeah. be. Yeah, battle is exhausting. So I hear. Yeah. And some of those guys, you know, they're not young. <laughs> sure, they so also they, they, really... they they've turned up for a wedding and they got a battle. That's not on, is it? They probably weren't wearing the appropriate footwear. Get your cummerbund caught in a sword. <laughs> not wearing appropriate footwear. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I they're a all... big battle, and now my feet hurt. Ugh. Yeah, but all, all the hench, all of uh, all of um, they're all sad sacks being like, oh no. And then this like clang goes down the crown of uh, Cronwell. We're going in Mars, and I'm gonna kiss the bird and swing on a fucking impossible banner that's floating <laughs> in the castle sky somehow. Just I'm such a fucking hero. I'm, I'm going to be like, cheer up, dickheads. And I'm going to fuck this wench who, who promised you'd have sex with me if I save the day. And I have. Let's go fuck a princess and swing off like fucking Tarzan um, for no reason. I could just go up the bedrooms the other way, actually, come to think of it. Interesting so, uh, deviation from the norm. Which is usually with the Usually with the big blow-off like that, he would remain with the woman. But because- no. In the coda, they fucked, and now he's leaving. Yeah, she is a princess, and he is the right. He would be the rightful king, but he's like, nah. This this rebel guy, who's supposedly in, because he's this, <laughs> related to the advisor of my dad, who's dead. Yeah, yeah. This this other prick who people confused with me, he can be king. I, I guess it's to set up a sequel. Like they have a sequel. It, Listed in the the credits, I don't know if that happened ever. Maybe years later, I think might have. But they they got like this guy's such a fucking cool dude. He doesn't get tied down to some dumb princess. He fucking does. He gives up his kingdom for a laugh with the lads. Right, hop on the pirate ship again and go. You know, bang some other bitches elsewhere. That's basically what he says, isn't it? Yeah. Anthony, what do you make of this guy uh, being like? Fucking off into the sunset rather than, you know, being a noble king. I mean, fair enough. I mean, they they made it quite clear that he wasn't interested, and at least they stuck to their guns, I suppose. It bins her like a piece of trash. Saves he her. He wouldn't have suited. He was he was the hero, but he wouldn't have suited being a king. Yeah, but they could have written it so he did. Do <laughs> <laughs> avoid him a lot of I mean, whatever. That's the thing is, like when Conan like takes the throne and or whatever, it's like, oh well, no one cares about a king. Kings are 
the shit piece on the chessboard, they don't do as much. If you, the action is where, you know, I don't know, the bishops and the knights are, right? The rooks, <laughs> that's where the castles are, right? The rooks, <laughs> that's where the action's at. Um, no, you know, like, actually, the queen is the one. Don't make any sense, chess. No mind. Who do I think I am? Guy Ritchie with my chess metaphors? Sorry. Revolver, eh? What a piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry, this is... <laughs> Seriously, though. Well, never mind. No, we're not going down that road. I feel you like... don't want to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. feel like it's a bit of a like douche move to like go, nah, it's boring being a king and being loyal and looking after my kingdom and it's fun to do crimes on the, on the seven seas or whatever. Uh, but it's not exactly like a non sexist movie is it it's very much we quite like medieval times because women know their place and are prostitutes or princesses or hags and that's it (laughs) more the occasional um queen who's respectable and nice but dead (laughs) so it's not it's not it's not like a you know it's not a feel-good feminist piece is it really oh no so it doesn't really matter that he's a bit of a tool I suppose in that way, I'm glad he didn't stay. It'd be kind of like, yeah, like Anthony said, it wouldn't have suited him. Oh, you could give little boys who like uh, blood and guts and adventure role models that aren't complete pricks, but such is the style of the time. I have to say, it amused me greatly throughout. And uh, its its main virtue is when it's not hilariously shit, it's hilariously enjoyable. You know? It's mm. kind of win-win. It's both... I both am surprised... Like I think I said it already, but I'm surprised by how good it is and imaginative, and then it is just laughably bad. You can have a right chuckle at how shit it is. So it stands in both worlds admirably, I think. Hope you guys uh, appreciated it. Was there anything else you guys wanted to mention, or final thoughts, or whatever? <clears throat> Uh, the only thing was, I was convinced that the princess was going to turn out to be his sister. Right. Because what, they, they had incest a incest baby, or well, they had a bit at the beginning where it's like you know, if you he, he like captures his like younger sister, and there's ambi- he's got ambi- more siblings in general, doesn't he? Maybe, but there's some ambiguity whether she's still alive or not. And I thought, well, she's going to be still alive because that's what films do. Um, and then I thought, oh, this this woman's going to be end up being his sister. And then he's like, I want to fuck you. And I'm like, oh, oh. where is this going? Well, that's <laughs> like actual actual kings and queens as well. So incest isn't always a problem. <laughs> I suppose. I... Well, on these days, I mean, we've we've had Game of Thrones and. I think we were a little numb to incest these days, but back then, I'm sure it would have been quite taboo. (laughs) Medieval times, still it happened. Kings and queens do what they fucking like, is what happens. I I would say, the simple solution here is, if you want to have Talon be the one who goes off, even though he's rightfully should be the king, but you want him to have adventures, he's a mercenary, he doesn't suit him anymore, he's a different man because of the circumstances of his life. Quite an easy solution is, this is his sister, like you say, and she's a princess, so she's entitled to the throne. And then 
basically he lets his stepbrother be the king, right? Like, so Micah wants to marry the princess and then they can be king and queen instead. And it's like, it makes sense. It's legit, legitimate. And also the other guy has a, who is more suited perhaps to, he led the rebels, therefore he's more suited to be their king. But then, but they are brother and sister, Micah and the princess. So is that right? Yes. So yeah, they could have, it was right there, guys. You could have had it make sense. It would have been a little neater if a bit awkward. Yeah. Whatever. So whatever I'd like to have seen. You got your triple sword. Maybe that slices a wedding kick. Lovely, Uh... easy. Triple slices for everyone. Lovely. Or would it be five slices? Whatever. I just, um, I'm just trying to think. Are there any other practical? Are there any, not other, are there any practical applications for a triple sword? And really, it's just to um, overcompensate, isn't it? That's the main one. Well, there's plenty of uh, instances of tools rather than swords where you would need to do, say, three incisions at once. But I don't think there's any, like, combat place for it. So what are you saying, carpentry or cookery? or What have you got in mind for your triple incision surgery? There's something like that when you're making fences. So it also doubles up as a farming implement for popping fences together quicker or something, is it? Yes. Okay, good. Thanks, Abby. You're Just for, for when you're whittling your wooden balls to replace your missing testicles. Perfect. You just do two at the same time between the slot. Never mind. Jesus, a lot of cock and ball talk in this episode. We think th- my fault. <laughs> All right, I'll take the blame as well, I think. I mean, it's usually Anthony who's like, oh, Willie's in balls all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of tits in this as well, guys. Whoa. So, I mean, you've got to objectify some women. There's a lot of, like, like someone fall pancakes into... Uh, it, like there's an amazing burst through a window into the harem, right? From one yeah, of the and characters. he falls into a concubine's tits. Lovely. Comedy sex, that's what we need. It's, it's, you know, in case you were missing it from the 70s, it's still going strong in the 80s. Oh, it's like nod to the concubines for coming out later on and freeing some of the prisoners to try and beat uh, King Cromwell. Three of them are like, who? Who's with him? And they're all like, all of us, because boobs. <laughs> it's really weird when they all just see Talon as well and go like, just shout, start shouting his name. Because they don't say anything else. They just go, Talon, Talon, Talon. It's a <laughs> difficult name to chant as well. Yeah, I don't know. What's I don't know. They're not many good names to shout to there. Steve. <laughs> Steve, well done, mate, Richard. Richard, Richard, that'd be weird, wouldn't it, if they didn't like the previous king? I know, Cantona! They all put their collars up, and they're like, Cantona! <laughs> so scores a goal to win the day as well. Anyway, odd. Couldn't figure out a wrestling reference instead of football Aww. change. Didn't, don't, I don't actively try and reference wrestling in the pod, but somehow every time I'm like, here's a connection. <laughs> Nearly went with Jake the Snake, but then... I guess he's come up now. Jake the Snake turns up and bags the snake to save the snake and uses it in his future wrestling matches. The snake doesn't die. He Jake the Snake's there to notice that he's good for terrifying women 
and uh, uses that as a good way to scare people after his DDT has been evaded. There we go. We've talked about wrestling. That was very robot in, but we got there. <laughs> anyone got anyone got a Exorcist connection or David Lynch thing? No. Mm. No, I was improperly researched. No, it's not impossible. If uh, if you listener have got one, you fucking write in at spoilerfilmfilm on Twitter. You tell us. Oh, Rich, there's a fucking connection to the, the sword and the sorcerer has the same fucking set dresser as uh, fucking Blue Velvet, you dickhead, or whatever. That's up to you, though. Anyway, for now, that's the end of the podcast. We've chatted about swords and sorcery enough. Toodly, toodly pip. Off we, we re-emerge ourselves in some goop till next time. Uh, <laughs> Bye. I will not. Bye. <laughs> Oh, it tastes like strawberry Robina. Hmm. It did not taste like strawberry Robina. That's the only way I'm licking it off a demon's fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.